Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Best Fit Body Podcast. I'm Elle, and I'm your host today. And I have with me Jules, and we're going to be doing a podcast episode today on show day. So this is a more competition related episode. And we decided that we are pretty amped up on being in the midst of our spring summer show season with most of our competitors. And not only are we in the middle of the spring summer season, we're also tapping into the one to two weeks before prep starts for the fall show. So we are diving into the next six months pretty much of everything competition. And we figured it would be a good time to share some of the ins and outs and our insight on show day, on scoring, on judging criteria, and understanding how the show day works and why or why not you are placing or not. So today's going to be a fun episode. We had a recent show just last weekend out in Massachusetts, and it is one of the largest, if not the largest, INBF pro qualifying shows that we typically have each year. There's one in the spring and then one in the fall that tend to be the largest and they are considered super pro qualifiers. So we have a lot of girls going up there for their pro cards, a lot of girls getting their pro cards, and it's a really fun time for us. So Real quick before we dive in, I do want to just let you all know that Team Best Fit Body is running a sale right now. We are considering it our friends and family sale. It's going to be going on from now. It started June 4th and it's going to be going until the 4th of July. So for the next month or so, we are going to be doing 50% off every registration fee for any membership program with Team Best Fit Body. We have several membership programs ranging from lifestyle to competition prep. So we don't only work with competition prep clients. We also have a big focus on the lifestyle programs and the habit changing and forming programs and work with our clients. So for the next month, if you have a friend or a family member that you know has worked with us, we are going to be having you email us at bestfitbody at gmail.com letting us know that you'd like to sign up and the first and last name of your friend or family, and they will be getting a little bit of a discount for them. So you're not only helping yourself out, but you're also helping your future teammate out. If you have a friend that has worked with us in the past, they will still get their $25 Uh, kind of a little perk if you sign up with us. So it encourages anybody that's been a team member that wants to come back now is a great time. So just email Jules at bestfitbody at gmail.com and we'll get you guys started. It's always one of those things where you think, okay, when is the right time? When is the right time? And you know, when a little sale's going on, it's the right time. I know myself, I'm taking new clients where I haven't been for the past probably six months to nine months or so. And I am amped up to take some new clients. So both lifestyle competition prep, all of our other coaches are taking on new clients. I know Joel's especially, and we're excited for the fall season and for anybody else that wants to join now. So now that all that is out of the way, we're going to dive into the episode. But Jules, how's it going? It's going great. And uh, welcome to everybody out there in podcast land listening to this. Hopefully, you're going to enjoy all the details that we're going to share. And I just want to add one little or a couple little notes on our friends and family special. We decided to do this because 
we are now one month out from our sixth year anniversary. Oh my God. Yeah. So no time like right now. We don't run a lot of specials, but I was just thinking, you know, we have so many team members who share the team Best Fit Body Love and we want to share our love back. So uh, I am very pumped to talk about this topic because I'll mention that we just finished a weekend of competing at one of the largest uh, drug tested uh, shows of the year. Um, and we are building up our momentum and our speed as we move through already half the year into the fall season. So people are really getting primed and geared up for their goals. And whether it is a competition for yourself or just we have a lot of people who are coming after they've had babies, a lot of people who are joining because they're getting married. Some people just want to get in better shape because they're struggling with some, you know, limitations with their health and fitness. So there is not one size fits all with Team Best Fit Body, but our goal is to help you. I sound like a commercial there, but our goal is (laughs) to help you. But I'm excited to talk about a topic that a lot of people, when they decide to compete, they know the ramifications of training and, and using their nutrition and balancing all the components to get their physique to a certain level. And they typically are in the absolute most incredible shape of their lives getting to that point that they step on the stage. And the expectations can sometimes make or break you. And that's a can be a delicate issue for people as they have crossed the stage and then they find out the results of, of their hard work. So Ellen, I really wanted to to dive into some of the nitty gritty and maybe help you understand, maybe help you process your own experience or prepare you for your experience if you choose to go on and compete. Yeah, and that's one thing that we have a really heavy focus on with our clients is preparing them ahead of time for what could happen. And a lot of times people are doing competitions to win, to place, to do well. Uh, A lot of people say, you know, I just don't want to be last. And the truth is, is that someone does have to be last. And so that someone may be going through some of these feelings that we're going to talk about and hopefully this will help you if you know the results are not what you expect. And so it really is that expectation versus reality. And we're going to talk about the reality of a person, a competitor's physique and helping you identify your weak points and just make you think twice and kind of, you know, morph that expectation and reality together so you can come out on top at the end of it, no matter what the results are. Absolutely. You know, this is always where we know when we work with a competitor and we're going through the the process of coaching them through the physical steps they have to take. I know that all of our coaches are very cognizant, very aware of the fact that there's a person inside of that body, an emotional being that we know has struggled at various times to push through difficulties. And we know that Sometimes you're so emotional and and raw about it that uh, the emotional end of it can actually surprise you as you go through. So where do we begin on this whole thing, Al? How do we start to dig in? Okay, so let's do a little bit of a rundown of show day and judging. 
and then we'll kind of work backwards to help you understand, you know, why the judging works the way it does. So Jules, why don't you explain a little bit about how the judging in the bikini category starts and how it can vary from class to class, depending on who's in the class? I'm going to talk about competitions, physique competitions, bodybuilding competitions, and and I'm going to sort of narrow it down to bikini right now, and we'll cover um, some of the other divisions as well. But I'm going to have to talk about things in a, a more general perspective, because you as the listener, you may have the opportunity to compete in a variety of federations. And federations are just you know, they can look for different criteria, they can move about how they select their placings differently, but the concept is the same. So I'm going to go about this with what the concept is. So all federations will have a description on of each of the characteristics of the competitors that they're looking for. Now, the issue here is always that the descriptions of the expectations can be kind of vague. So in bikini, for example, sometimes the federations will list that they want an appealing, well-conditioned, balanced physique. Well, what is that? That's kind of open-ended. You know, they may say rounded shoulder caps or well-defined glutes, or they may say little to no striation. So they may use descriptions, but again, very, very vague. So for you as that competitor, trying to figure out what are the judges looking for, it can get very confusing. So often then the competitor will go and start to look at pictures of previous winners of shows. And that does help. And I'm going to be perfectly honest, that really is a great way for you as a competitor to see, well, this show last year, the judges selected these competitors as their top five. So you kind of get an idea of visually what the judges are looking for. So, of course, you might really work at your physique to bring your physique to look similar to what those competitors look like. And then on the day of the show, you go through various stage instructions where you will go out and you'll either do an individual stage presentation and then move into a comparison round where it's you against a group of other people in the same class, the same division, and the judges will take you through a series of stage positions and poses. And then the judges will sort you according to the criteria that they're looking for. Okay. Have I totally blown you away with how vague that is? Yes, because it is very vague. Some federations are a little more specific in what they're looking for and the judging scores, because I've judged for several uh, federations and the judges are asked for different federations, different criteria, uh, different classes, different divisions. There may be sort of checklists that they have to go through. And so the judges will look at the entire group on stage and the head judge who is Kind of like, um, how would you say, like the director of events on that day, that would be the person that will give over the, the microphone the instructions on what the, what the competitors are expected to do. Are they need, do they need to line up on the line? Do they need to turn to the back or do a quarter turn or walk front to back or line up in certain ways? So the head judge will move the competitors around the stage so that the judges can take a good look at 
the competitors in different lighting, in different movements, in, in different positions. And they try to find at the very beginning the candidate, the competitor, who best meets the criteria that the federation wants for them to represent that federation at the next level. So if it's an amateur show, they start to pick the person who they think would be ready to move on to the next level at possibly the pro level. So that would be the standard for that group. And then they start to move the competitors around on the stage, comparing to that center person. So a lot of times people will cheer when they go, oh, yes, that person, my friend, moved to the center. Well, that's at the very beginning. But one interesting thing that if you've ever watched competitors on the stage, the more they pose, the more they move around across the board, the better they look. And for the most part, because competitors kind of get warmed up on stage, their muscles start to fill up a little bit more as they pose, their confidence increases as they get up on the stage. And so, believe it or not, the longer you are up on the stage, the harder it is for the judges to select who they like for their top placings. So, and then the judges will move you around so that they can start to sort people out and then you're dismissed and the scoring is tabulated for later for the finals. So that's what happens during the physical part of it. Um, Elle, do you want to add anything to that? Uh, No, I just want to get started in explaining what the judges are going to be looking for a little bit more. I think that I want people to understand that although you may be in the center at the beginning, if you don't end up in the center at the end, if you've moved two, three spots over, that may not usually, and this is this is usually the person that's in the middle at the end is typically the one that wins first place. Now, sometimes it's hard when there's an even number, say there's eight of you on stage and there's two people splitting the center. Sometimes that can be a little bit tricky, but at the end of prejudging, if you are in that five, five to six, those five, six in the middle, you're pretty likely that you will be placed in the top five. So typically, and unfortunately, when you do get moved all the way to the ends, a lot of times the judges are not focused on you as much because after fifth place, it's kind of like, okay, we just have to add sixth, seventh, and eighth. Yes, exactly. So if you've competed in a show and you haven't placed top five and whether or not you, you know, maybe there are 15 in your group and you placed, you know, 14 out of 15 or 15 out of 15, I usually say, don't take that to heart because sometimes it's just literally a shuffle at the end. You have to think about it. If you've ever watched the typical competition, um, not at the pro level, but at an amateur competition, you're usually up and off stage within five to seven minutes. That's not a lot of time. It may feel like it, but that's really not a lot of time when you think about how hard you've worked for so long. And, you know, one of the things that a lot of times competitors will walk off and they'll say, well, I didn't get top five. They're very disappointed because they've presented an amazing physique, especially because they know where they've come from and they know where they are on that day. And their transformation may have been and likely is a blow your mind out of the water transformation. The judges don't know anything about your history. And they, they don't, don't care. And they don't care. Maybe they do if you talk about it, but they're not going to change yeah. their 
anything because you're scored on that show day, on that moment by the judges looking at you and everybody else who showed up on stage with you on that day. And you cannot control any of that except for what you do on that stage. That's something to be very aware of that it's the competition day is like game day. You know, you have X amount of time to pull out your game moves and and have a slam dunk right there. And as I said before, you know, it doesn't matter all the hours, all the dieting, everything, you know, I tell my clients often, it is not a dieting competition, like who can diet the hardest, it really is a factor of pulling things together. But the judging criteria for the bikini icon, I guess, is not supposed to be a wildly shredded athlete. That bikini competitor should have well-conditioned, you know, a, a lower than average body fat. People will always say, well, what body fat do I have to be? And, and, you know, there is no number because there's a lot of factors in terms of how your body looks, but you want to have a tight physique. You want to be able to present it in a fashion to showcase the balance and the overall conditioning. Some muscle lines for sure, but ripped and shredded, you know, some abs, yes, but do you need a hard eight pack? Not necessarily. You know, do you need to have that visual of that, you know, uh, the um, holy grail of that glute ham tie in, which drives me crazy because there really isn't such a thing? But it's that area where the glutes and the hamstrings come together. When your body fat is low enough that your conditioning is balanced, you can see some beautiful lines down through the hamstrings and the quads, and but not that ripped, dried, shriveled look. Now, but if you show up on stage, and there are eight of you, and everybody is ripped and shredded, but one competitor, I always say, which one doesn't look like the other? And how is the how are the judges going to perceive that? And if it is extreme, the judges will have to come to some decision on maybe not everybody, maybe not anybody in that class meets exactly what they want, but they have to pick top five. Yeah, it's too bad they they can't just dismiss everybody if, you know, nobody looks like the type being like, okay, nobody from this group off. It's not how it works. So, well, that's what they do at the pro level. (laughs) But at the amateur level, yes, there's much less to be controlled. Yeah, exactly. So this past weekend, to give you guys a little bit of an example of how the judging kind of worked in one of the bikini classes, out of six of the total bikini classes, we had a competitor that we were pretty sure was going to be in that first place spot and get that pro card and then be in the overall and then move up to the pro league. And this class comes out, I don't remember how many were in the class, 10, 12, there were nine, okay. Nine in the class. So the, oh yeah. So the head judge immediately moved this competitor into the middle. We were thrilled about it. The competitor stayed there the entire time. And the prejudging for that class probably was 10 minutes long, if not if not more, which is really great. I do find that a lot of the shows that we send our girls to, especially those competing in the Natural Federation, the IMBF, they get ample stage time. They get a lot of time. The judges really take their time looking at them. So you would think that 
you know, where they place them and how long they keep them there. Uh, and especially if the person is in the middle in an odd number of competitors, when they get off stage, when they're dismissed, you're you know, pretty sure that that person in that middle spot is going to get their pro card, especially if visually you see that they are the ones looking the best. So then finals rolls around and surprisingly and a little bit shockingly, uh, this competitor that was held in the middle did not place first. So going back to what Jules explained about how the head judge guides the other judges to who they think best represents the winner for that class, the the person that they see best fits the criteria of someone that can go on and compete as a pro. So we were all just a little bit shocked by that, especially because, you know, it was one of those things that it was a little bit more obvious that the person in the middle should have deserved the first place, but the judges did not see that. They saw something different and they all selected this other person who we thought maybe second, third, fourth place as the first place winner. So although the head judge had been telling the judges, hey, like this is, you know, that number one spot, they didn't select her. Is that a good explanation of kind of what happened, Jules? Yes, yes. And, you know, and again, because this is a subjective sport, and the scoring, I should say, is a subjective sport, that it comes down to we can't get inside the individual brains of seven different people. And what is it about one competitor that they like versus another competitor? If you did a poll, you know, on the judges, I'm sure they would all give you their different reasons for why they like this one or this one. But that's the concept of trying to pull together the whole package. And so Clearly, you know, we were disappointed The uh, and our competitor was and not to take anything away from the girl exactly. who did first because she did her job and, and she got the eye of the judges. And that's really, we'll talk a lot more about this with an example of, of another competitor in a second. But I want to just reinforce the fact that we as coaches, with competition coaches, uh, with our clients, I tell them often that the difference between placings, especially top three, is splitting hairs. It is splitting hairs. So yes, first place in a super pro comes away with a pro card. That second place and third place, it literally is close. You know, it was so close. And this can even go between that fifth, sixth, and seventh, you know, placement. So sometimes when people walk off the stage, you know, at finals and they find out, oh, you know what, they didn't place you know, even in top 10, top five rather, and they thought they did, it can be so disappointing. And this is where I say this can ruin you. If you put everything that you've just invested through all those months and maybe longer on just a, you know, five minute impression of seven people that you see in front of you one time, you know, that can make or break it for the sport. And um, it always is very sad to us when a competitor gets kind of destroyed by it. Mm, Yeah. And I just want to say again, Joel said it, and I want to repeat it, that although our client didn't win that first place, it's not to take away from, and and us being a little shocked by it is not to take away from the girl who won, because when you go out there again, it's about, it's up to the judges. And so, although you may think, well, well, in my opinion, that person was the best. You can't control the opinions of the other judges. And that's what makes this so subjective. And that's what makes bikini so difficult, especially 
and I'll even say this, that this judging panel happened to be primarily women. And sometimes you get a mix of men and women, sometimes it's primarily male. And who knows if that has anything to do with it. But that's the thing is that we will never know. And you can never control the judging panel. I mean, I guess if you do shows multiple years in a row, you get to know, you know, a little bit more of who the judges typically are, and depending on who puts on the show. Um, So you can, the more you get into the sport, and the more often that you compete, the more people you'll know, you'll kind of understand, oh, well, this, you know, this judge likes a more girl next door look with, you know, maybe blonder hair. And then somebody else, another judge likes a more exotic look um, with darker hair and more intense features. Because bikini specifically is not always just about how shredded and how full and how balanced you are, but there is a beauty component too. It is that total package. So I'm always trying to understand the mindset behind the judges so we can know a little bit more ahead of time who we expect to do well, who have that bikini look. Yes. And I want to now talk a little bit about what had happened at a show two weeks before this, because I think it, this also kind of drives this point home. We had a competitor who it was her first show of this, this season. She did a few shows at the end of last year and has come a very long way. And she got up on the stage with, I think there, it was a big class. I want to say there were 12, maybe 10, but it was, it was a good number of women. And every single, every single woman on that stage was Absolutely. I mean, I it was they were stunning, top to bottom. Everybody's posing was great. And and I sat there as a coach at, who has judged many, many, many times and the head judge bikini many, many times. And I just literally shook my head and I said, I'm so glad I wasn't a judge. Even with my client up there who I thought looked stunning and 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 probably should have placed in the top five, but she didn't. That surprised me. She was actually kind of ignored. They did not move her into the top five spot. They kept her, you know, on the end, not on the very ends, but they think only moved her once or twice. And um, of course, clearly disappointed, but she didn't let it blow her away. She said, okay, what are we going to do different? So we realized two weeks, <laughs> very realistically, um, we can make some improvements, but there wasn't really that much to improve in her physique in that short period of time that we knew, but we knew we could make her so that she was not invisible. So we worked on her posing style. We changed up her hair and her makeup. And she did have another suit, but I don't think it would have mattered. She just happened to have another suit. So we went with a different look for her and it worked. She walked out there well-prepared and brought it on the way that we had practiced, that she had practiced, that she paid fine attention to all the details, did what we planned, and clearly, boom, right from, I don't know what her final score was, but definitely not top five to getting her pro card. But she learned from the show previously and put her nose down to the focus, to the plan, and came out and, and brought it on. Now, there's no guarantee that that's going to happen between one show and another, but that's the focus. That's how you have to look at it, that if you do not place top five and, and you love this sport, then you have to sit back and have a hard look at what are you doing and what can you do to improve so that the judges can take notice of you. Because you know what? Hands down, that is the biggest thing that you have to do to get out there on stage to show the judges 
they need to pay attention to you. Yeah. And that attitude is really everything I've had. And I do think that as we talked before, that there are a lot of emotions that come over you after you're done with prejudging, especially because a lot of times there's there's an ample amount of stress, good stress and bad stress leading up to that day. There's a little bit of pressure. There's a little bit of excitement and nerves. But truthfully, we've had girls come off the stage, you know, falling and crying into our arms. We've had girls cursing and being angry. And then we've had girls that you know, they, they're a little quieter and they are focused on their next move. They're already thinking about when they can get into the gym and improve. And so all of these different emotions, they're all valid. Um, maybe not the cursing and, and yelling and stuff, but it does happen. Poor <laughs> sportsmanship is, is something exactly. that we do see. And, you know, my feeling is what good does that do anybody? But that's all mm. I'm going to yeah, and I and I totally agree. And that's the thing is that a lot of times those more negative attitudes, uh, some people may have that, and then they're able to snap out of it. Uh, as long as you're able to kind of you know bounce back and say, okay, what can I do next? What can I do better? Is this something that you're willing to and excited to improve with? Because not everybody gets off stage and says, oh, I can't wait to improve and do this again. Some people say, okay, well, I didn't do well, and I don't have that desire. Um, the people that you know push forward and end up going from not placing to eventually getting their pro card or top five, whatever their goal is, you have to really want that. Yes, absolutely. You know, and I was just thinking this is a little bit different talking about the figure division. You know, when you're in the bikini division, your goal is to pose to showcase your physique in the best way, meeting the criteria that the that the Federation has set for their standards for how they want you to present yourself. In um, figure, there's a lot more of the analysis of your actual physique, but the way that the physique is analyzed and compared is with people in a little bit more standardized posing, whereas in bikini, there's a lot more variations. So when you're competing in figure, you know, landing your first back pose, I tell my competitors, if you can't solidly land that first round with that back pose in a killer, you know, balance that you've practiced. That lat spread. <laughs> that lat spread. And it may not the be the big lat spread, but you, you need to land it solidly. And if you are not proficient in that, then I suggest that you work with your posing coach so that you can just do it as a recall. And I'm going to be snap, like snap, snap, do it now. But you have to be able to like land it and hold it and do what the judges want. Same thing with bodybuilding and some of the other physique things that the expectations are. You don't have a lot of do-overs. And and so when you're getting up there, you know, there may be a little more forgiving if it's an, if it's a debut class or a novice class. But if you're really, you know, moving up through the levels of being a little more competitive, you have to bring the posing game on um, with the balance and the symmetry being um, highlighted in that. Whereas in bikini, there's a lot more room for variations and showing your physique and your and your overall package. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to talk a little bit about why certain physiques aren't winning. So I, I want to talk about some, some of the things that we see when competitors come in, and this might go into a little bit more proper training and cardio to do uh, and nutrition for bringing in that specifically bikini look. Jules can touch on figure. 
a little bit more. She works with mostly the figure girls, um, well, bikini girls as well, but she's the one that works with almost all of our figure girls. And uh, so for bikini, oftentimes people think leaner is better. And in some federations, there is an emphasis on being leaner. And I do think over the years, you know, how long how long have you been coaching competition clients? Uh, nine years. Nine years, yeah. And so, and myself, I guess probably about five years. I would say the first year, I don't think, I think I shadowed Jules with some of her competitors, maybe a year and a half it took me. And then I started personally working with them. And one of the biggest things that we see when girls show up to shows and not, not necessarily our girls, but there will be an extremely lean girl backstage. People will say, wow, like, look at those abs on that girl or look at the look at how shredded her, you know, back or arms are or maybe her quads are extremely shredded. And then they get up on stage and they catch your eye immediately. And, you know, you think, wow, that's the leanest person on stage. And if you're looking from the outside, you may think, oh, wow, the leaner person is the better, the better physique. But they turn around into their back pose and they don't have well-developed glutes. They don't have any hamstrings. Um, They tend to have a little bit more cellulite. They have, you know, (laughs) I hate to say it, like drooping or like flat glutes. And that is just poor conditioning on the backside. And obviously women have a little bit of a harder time, especially if they do carry their weight in their, you know, hips and legs and, and butt, but, and they may genetically just be a little bit leaner on the front. But the whole thing about the bikini category is balance. So not only do you need your front side to be great, you also need your backside to be great. And people have probably heard this before, that bikini is often won from the back, which is very true. If you turn around and you have great glutes and your your core is not as tight, oftentimes you still will place higher than a girl who doesn't, who has shredded abs, but maybe has more cellulite on the back of their legs or their glutes are not developed. So it does come down to the whole package and that balance. So leaner is not necessarily always better, but you know, those glutes are pretty important. And in order to get those glutes where you need them, you can't be doing, you know, more cardio than you are lifting. You can't be in such a deficit and running yourself into the ground where you can't maintain that muscle and lose that body fat. Or the case may be that you just don't have enough muscle in your backside that when you did diet down to try to get the body fat off of, you know, your entire physique as a a balance, uh, you didn't have enough muscle there to really have any of that definition, that that quote unquote tone, that muscle tone in order to see the shape of the glutes that, that they want for bikini. Yes, yes, that's that's exactly right. There's a big difference between a competitor in general that is in their first season. And then if you take that competitor and they go through a well-rounded prep cycle. And what that means is that, you know, possibly, you know, a little bit of a build and then another dial in. And from season to season, we do know that you will get better. So if you are a new competitor and either about to, you know, compete in your first season, or maybe you've just finished your season and it may or may not be, you know, wrapping up the way that you expected, understand that if you keep training and you keep on 
a logical formulated nutrition plan with balance with your cardio and your and your training that you're only going to get better. So when you're backstage and you're looking at these girls and you're going, "Oh my gosh, I can't compete with these people," blah blah blah. You don't know how many seasons that person is has been prepping for. And yes, prep for many people, it's weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks, maybe months. But many competitors stay in this for years and they they stay with a plan and they are in their phases of their competition preparation, whether they are builds. I don't like to use bulk, but I like to use build and then they're dial in to the stage and the and you cultivate the physique. And most people, even those who are not gifted genetically, like this gal, you know, when she came to me a couple of years ago, um, who who placed second at this this show, when she came to me originally, she definitely, and she still is, not genetically gifted, but she works hard. And also, just a side note, this gal actually earned her pro card with another federation and won um, money in other pro shows, but she wanted to, you know, get first place in this other in this other federation. So you can see how it's really hard for you to step the, up on stage and start to compare yourself, you know, emotionally to everybody else that's on that stage with you. Step back, keep a good perspective, and keep focused in on the things that you can do to continue to cultivate and improve yourself to, you know, to get the physique of your dreams. Yeah, absolutely. So is there anything else that you want to talk about before we kind of wrap up? I do want to talk about getting feedback from your from your competition. And this is I'm going to speak as a coach, as a competitor, as a judge, all collectively. Judges, being a judge is a difficult thing. They look at, you know, 100 or so bodies during the course of the day. At the end of the day, some judges are, are very welcoming to offer feedback if you can grab them at the end of the show. And, you know, if you approach them and say, you know, do you have a moment just to give me any feedback? That's possible. Some federations, um, I even know some of the federations actually have a, a special judge that sits on the side and makes notes and tallies for feedback. And I love that. That's great. Um, some federations, especially at the pro level, um, the judges are very welcome to an email asking you know, can you please give me feedback? Um, but I can tell you, honestly, if you are working with a coach and you either have the coach at the event um, so they can see everybody, or if you ha- can video yourself on the stage during your comparisons or take lots of pictures and, and share the with your coach if they can't be there, the coach and you are probably going to be able to identify exactly what you need to improve on. Because sometimes when you ask a judge and they, you know, they're busy and they're already moving on to the next thing, or, you know, you email them three, three weeks later, they get back to you. You know, we've gotten weird things back from some judges because, you know, so chances are you're going to know what you need to do to improve. And every once in a while, well, Quite often, I can say there are head scratchers because of the subjectivity. So keep that in perspective, you know, when you decide you're going to compete, because competing can be an amazing experience. And I can tell you about 99% of the people that we've worked with who have competed have always found the, we're not, like I said, there's one or two that, you know, find that after they're like, oh, you know, this wasn't the best experience for me. But I think that's because their expectations weren't there. But the majority of people come off 
that stage knowing that they have mastered or or encountered and overcome so many things that they're that winner. And that sounds so hokey, but it's so true. So embrace that embrace the moments on that stage, irregardless of what the, the final placings are. Yeah, it's the only way to survive in, in a sport like this. It's the only way that you can really stay focused and reach your goals, whichever they are, whether it is top five, whether it is first place in a pro card, and then moving on and winning pro shows and being world champions and such. So it goes all the way from the amateurs to, you know, the, the pro league and eventually world champion. That's what you can you know, and then you can be the reigning world champion and you can go back and keep your title for as long as you want. But this sport is not something that can be, it, it can be achieved in one year. You could go from the bottom all the way to the top. But for most people, that is not how it goes. I just want to share a little bit about uh, one of my clients this past weekend. She has been working with me for, it'll be four years in the fall. So three years, this is our third competition season together. Uh, Three years ago, we did her first show and she was very lean, came to us with not a lot of muscle, wanted to compete, uh, ended up doing great her first season, top, you know, top two, top three placements. And then uh, her second season last year, she, you know, won a first place at a novice show went on to compete two weeks later at the same show that we just had this year and placed fifth in her class. And then this year, after a full year of working diligently towards this goal, she ended up placing first and then also winning the overall. And so the time that it took for us to get from point A to point B was three years of work and dedication. But the thing is, is that throughout these times, there were plenty of moments where She just ate and trained and didn't have that prep on her mind. She just kept, you know, to the structure, kept to the schedule uh, and kept working. And then, you know, when it was time to work towards the prep, do it, you know, doing the, the 12 to 16 week cut that we did, she was able to show up on stage with an improved package um, as well as improved performance on stage. And so after she won her first place and the overall she was rushed off to do some <laughs> drug testing uh, for this federation and was not able to ask the judges for any feedback. So her and I talked about it post-show, and I said, listen, it wouldn't hurt for you to get feedback anyway from the judges, even though you won first in the overall, because you will be stepping into the pro league. So if you do win first, you can always ask the judges, listen, to get to the next level, what can I improve on? But then the funny thing is, is that the, the uh, not the head judge, the uh, promoter of the show had said, hey, your coach is going to know best. And I know <laughs> I know the, uh, the promoter of the show. She's also the president of the <laughs> WMBF, one of the presidents. And I, I just kind of laughed and shook my head like yeah, we <laughs> I kind of figured she'd say that because we do know best. We knew what she needs to improve on before she even got off the stage. But we did have to celebrate that first place win too. So your coach should know. You personally should be aware of what your physique looks like and understand your improvements. And if you don't, ask your coach, listen, what are my weak points? Because it is this expectation versus the reality. A lot of coaches will, you know, put some somebody in, hype them up and say, you know, you got first place, you're going to win, you're going to win. But then that creates this false reality of, of what the client should expect. And so 
to have a coach and a client relationship, there needs to be that honesty piece in there. There needs to be that encouragement piece in there to help your client strive and work towards the first place, but also be aware of, hey, okay, well, this is where we really need to focus on the build next time because this is how you've been, you know, leaning out and this is how you've been looking. So there are so many moving parts and moving pieces with this whole thing that the open communication with your coach and, you know, the coach and client has got to be, you know, 100. It's got to be the one of the most important things in that relationship. Yes, very well pointed out. And and yeah. that's the same thing with, you know, the coach is also there to help you through the process of disappointment. And, and then how do, you know, it, it's that phrase, like how to turn that frown upside down. But it is from the perspective of being down on or disappointed, um, feeling a a little bit lost or torn apart based on a placement is not going to help you move on to being better, whether or not you compete in the future. It is not an analysis or a judgment on you as a person. It is just a scoring and not to take away your hard work, but that's all it is. It's just that comparison of you on that moment, on that day, with everybody else that happened to show up on that moment and on that day. And if you're out there and everything falls into place, but everybody else, everything falls into place, you never know. That's why everybody on that stage wants first place just as much as you do. Yeah. So, yeah. I also find even as a coach, and I think that if you're a coach listening to this, uh, you have to understand, which which I have – Every couple years or every couple, every once in a while, I get kind of humbled like, oh, okay, I was a little biased towards my client. And so it sometimes is hard because you're so used to seeing your client and you know what their progress has been like. And then they get up on stage and yeah, although your client may look great, you may think they should win when in reality, there's somebody else out there that fits the criteria better or that just came in looking better with a better package. And so yeah. I always have to work on not being so biased. Um which obviously doesn't affect the the scoring at all, but it does, it can lead to a little bit more letdown between the coach and the client. If, you know, you are a little more biased and you're uh, focusing a little bit on more of the transformation than what they actually end up presenting. So every single show is so different and you just have to be prepared and you have to be aware that it may not be the outcome that you expect and just know what your next goal is so you can take that in and use whatever the disappointment is and morph it into some form of energy to propel you towards that next goal. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean it's been a fun it's been a fun season so far and we I think that I learn more and more every single show, every single season. Uh, and I'm sure you do, Jules, be going on your ninth and 10th year. Yeah. yeah. I was um, actually looking back at some pictures on good, good old time hop and um, pictures, you know, popped up nine years ago with me at oh that gosh. same show with my um, two girls that I brought to that show who won both won first in the class and won won their, the overall at that show. And it was the first year that I brought um, clients to that federation. And, and the bikini vision has changed on what the girls look like. And a lot of that also is attributed to the fact that at that time, the bikini pro line in the natural federations were just starting to really get um, 
bountiful, I guess, because there were enough people competing that they could bring a class, um, multiple classes of pros. So it it evolves, and whether you know you compete at the in the drug tested or a non drug tested, you have to realize that they get more and more competitive every year. And so finding the appropriate show for yourself. That's a really big consideration if you're going to compete and you haven't competed before is make sure that you have somebody who can advise you on what will be a great first show so that you have a good experience that you're not showing up for something either that you're not physically or psychologically prepared for. Yeah, so that is great. And I really think that we gave some good advice today, if I can pat us on the backs a little bit. Uh, So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Just a reminder, we do have that friends and family sale going on for the month of June all the way till 4th of July. And if you would like to find out some more information about that, uh, if you're listening to this in the present, let's uh, have you email us at bestfitbody at gmail.com. And the friends and family sale is for any of our membership programs. Uh, So if you know anybody that's working with us now, or has worked with us in the past and you are ready to get going on your fitness journey, competition or not, we are here and ready to help you. So continue to leave us your reviews and please rate the podcast. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, and what you want to hear more of. It's it's always helpful for us because we're just spewing out the things that we love to talk about. But if there's something that interests you and excites you and you want to know our opinion on it, uh, we can dive in. So uh, check us out on Instagram. We actually now have an Instagram for the podcast. It's called Best Fit Body Pod, and that's what the username is on Instagram. That's where we will be sharing little clips from podcast episodes. You'll get to know who the guests are coming on. Uh, That is something that we're starting with. Uh, The episode that is going to be released before this is an interview uh, with Dominic Marais, and he is a PhD in sports history and physical culture, and he's got all sorts of knowledge, and you guys will hopefully get a lot out of that episode. So that's it for today. Thanks, Jules. Thank you, Al, and thank you for listening. And don't forget to rate us. <laughs> rate us, rate us, review, subscribe. Write a review and share with a friend. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, the sharing sharing it on your stories, really, that's one thing that I love to see. When you listen, you share it, and so we really appreciate that. So we'll catch it in the next episode, and we'll see you later.